0: it's interesting like especially this year discussions around like rest being resistance and like seeing black joy maybe that's where I would say there's a benefit Mm. to traveling as a black person not necessarily a benefit but But, I would encourage more people once you get past maybe the possibility of there being racism which I don't think should hold anybody back because the UK is racist too so it's not a difference (laughs) um that actually like how much we go through each and every day just by being black, you need to take that rest. You need to take that time. And that people need to see black people enjoying themselves, being happy, not always being, uh, you know, victimised or being made to be seen as oppressed. You know, we can go and have fun in another country with our friends. And that's, that's okay. That should be like a normal thing for people to see. And I think that that was important because I did a trip to Lisbon Last year, and I didn't see any other black traveller. Anybody I oh. saw that was black was like a waitress or was okay. like working in a shop. Mm. So, if that's what you see, and if that's what people in Lisbon are seeing, and if that's what, say, the white tourists who are going to Lisbon are seeing, then what's going to be the perception of black people's role in life if everyone's only seeing black people in serving roles? Mm. And I think that that's also important to yeah, take in she. mind about visibility. Mm-hmm and how people show up in in different spaces.
1: Hello, Happy New Year. This is Yasmin, and welcome to a special edition of the Tripping Podcast to kick off 2021. So, we're going to be exploring the nuanced experience of traveling as a person of color and what purposeful travel looks like uh, going forward. This following discussion is from a panel talk in partnership with Black Minds Matter, deep diving into themes in our latest comprehensive research report on the future of travel, conducted in partnership with University College London. In this episode, we hear from four incredible women who will be breaking down how we can make changes that make the travel experience more inclusive, more purposeful, and more sustainable. Joycelyn Longdon, founder of Climate in Colour and an AI researcher at Cambridge University, Sasha Kluvitse, lead researcher and contributing editor to the Future of Travel Report, and Lydia Dinga, a travel content creator. The panel was hosted by Soraya from Black Minds Matter and it was recorded live just before the lockdown at the Standard London. We hope you enjoy this conversation. You're listening to the Trippin' Podcast.
2: Today, I have three wonderful guests who I'm going to let introduce themselves because earlier on they spoke about themselves and I am not going to be able to do that (laughs) justice. So we have Lydia, Sasha and Joycelyn. Joycelyn, did I say your name correctly? Thank you very much. (laughs) So uh, who would like to start with the intro? I'll go first thank
3: you. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, thank you so much for joining us today, thank you so much everyone who's watching on live, uh, we really appreciate you taking time. I am Lydia, I am a travel and lifestyle creator online, so I make videos on YouTube and I create content on Instagram, working with brands to share my platform.
4: Hi, my name's Sasha, I'm the lead researcher on the future of travel report, I'm also a contributing editor for that report as well, um, I'm currently in training so I'm a trainee psychological well-being practitioner which is just a really long title to say that I'm a CBT therapist. Um, I typically assess and treat people with common mental health disorders so typically anxiety, specific phobias and depression. I'm also a freelance project manager and multidisciplinary producer and yeah lots of many hats <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that's it for me.
0: Hi, um, I'm Joyce Lynn. I am the founder of Climate in Colour, which is a platform at the intersection of climate um, science and social justice, um, and it makes climate conversations more diverse and accessible. Um, and I'm also studying for a postgraduate degree at Cambridge University, looking at applying AI to climate change solutions.
2: amazing. <laughs> Do you know what? It feels good to be in a room with successful black women and like you guys are amazing. So thank you so much, first of all, for joining us today. Um this is gonna be wonderful. Um the first talking point is travel for black and other people of colour. Um and the first sort of paragraph basically says, I'm just gonna summarise that if you're what is considered to be I say quote ethnic minority, then you're you're basically going to be disadvantaged within the travel industry because one example here is that the the travel media is what is run, 85% of the travel media is white. And the the world is, if they're reflecting that, what does it say for us? They're not really going to be able to demonstrate, you know, what it might be like as a black person to travel. They're not going to give us the information that we need. And I don't know about you guys that... Do you guys have to research where you go before you travel? There's all these little things and all these examples of things that we have to do as black people, as other people of colour, that things that we have to do before we travel to so whether that's, I don't know, whether that's in the UK, whether that's across the world. All of these sorts of things, are things that we have to think about. And each destination is unique, like no one country or no one place might be alike. But there are certain things that we might have to take into consideration before we actually go somewhere. So the first thing I want to put to everyone is what is your experience traveling and what are the realities of this?
4: I mean, I think the question is not really asking what the reality or the experience is me being a black person. I think it's Mm. more how I'm perceived by others. I think it's more so my experience of racism whilst Mm. traveling. And to be honest, I don't think it's that much different from what I've experienced in the UK. or in London, because there's always going to be that overt racism or that covert racism, (laughs) or sometimes even, like, I'm being fetishized. people want to take pictures, they want to touch my hair, they want to touch my skin, or tell me what it looks like. So I think, in general, my experience is the same as anybody else. Like, everyone wants to go out and travel and have a good time for whatever reason, Mm. but I think that question is more asking in terms of my race or in terms of me being a black woman or a black female, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, for me, I think I kind of have the same sentiment. I think a lot of the travel sort of anxieties I've had have been mostly in the UK. I spend a yeah. lot of time in the countryside yeah. and my boyfriend's on the countryside. And so you really see yourself as other <laughs> in those spaces. <laughs> yeah. More so than, I guess, when I've done a lot of travelling. Yeah. Um, it's just been me going around Europe being quite naive around, okay. you know, thinking not thinking anyone cares about my race. yeah. And putting that to the backside. So even if someone has maybe... No one's been overtly racist to me abroad. Yeah. And I've not even been thinking about that because yeah. I'm just there to have a good time. Yeah. So I feel like more so travelling in the UK, I have to check more like, hmm, am I okay. really going to... How's the village going to accept seeing... Okay. Because even, say, in Cornwall, where I've spent a lot of time living, yeah. people will still be like, oh, so you're here travelling? Wow. It's like, no, I live around the corner actually. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think for me it's more how people perceive you yeah. as an outsider rather okay. than like me not feeling like I shouldn't go anywhere. Okay. okay. Apart from maybe the Middle East.
3: Right. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I think for me it's like when I think about travelling, when I think about the places I want to go to, I don't limit myself according to what the world how the world sees mm. me as a black woman. If I want to go somewhere, I'll, I'll research it and mm. I would honestly just go. Unless, of course, it's somewhere where I know I'm going to be putting myself in danger or okay. I'm going to be putting myself at risk. I don't try and let others' limitations limit me as to what I can do with myself mm. and where which countries I can visit mm. and who I can see. So, ris- yeah, I guess irrespective of, of yeah. what, what others think.
2: Um, so, to everyone, what do you think the main challenges and positives are to travelling as a black person I guess we can only talk from who we are mm-hmm. so yeah guys take it away
0: it's interesting like especially this year discussions around like rest being resistance and like seeing black joy maybe that's where i would say there's a benefit mm. to traveling as a black person not necessarily a benefit but, but yeah I, I would encourage more people once you get past maybe the possibility of there being racism which I don't think should hold anybody back because the UK is racist too, sure. so it's not a difference. Um, <laughs> that actually, like, how much we go through each and every day just by being black, should you need to take that rest, you need to take that time, yeah. and that people need to see black people enjoying themselves, being happy, not always being, uh, you know, victimized or being made to be seen as oppressed. You know, we can go and have fun in another country with our friends. And yeah. that's that's OK. That should be like a normal thing for people to see. And I think that that was important because I did a trip to Lisbon last year and I didn't see any other black traveller. Anybody I oh. saw that was black was like a waitress or was okay. like working in a shop. So if that's what you see and if that's what people in Lisbon are seeing and if that's what, say, the white tourists who are going to Lisbon are seeing, then what's going to be the perception of black people's role in life if everyone's only seeing black people in serving roles? Mm. And I think that that's also important to take yes, in true. mind about visibility mm-hmm. uh, mm. and and how people show up in in different spaces.
3: Representation matters, and it matters in every single field, whether it's traveling, whether it's work, whether it's whatever field you're mm. in. Representation matters, and it's true. As again, it's like there's people representation matters in a way that the younger people who are watching people who are i don't know whatever age younger than we are now seeing oh my god so she went to lisbon she went to the u.s she went to Saint to saint lucia she went to the maldives these places then become accessible it doesn't become this big mm. thing that other people who don't look like us have yeah. access to mm-hmm. it's like oh wait If Lydia is however old and she does this full job and she's able to travel to places like St. Lucia, which I only see on Thomas Cook adverts or whatever, whatever company, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, insert whatever company you want to insert there. Um, Yeah, if if I only see uh, a certain demographic of people who are not black, traveling to these amazing places and you, maybe you do start thinking that maybe those are off limits um, that's why i feel like don't worry about what anybody else is saying literally if you want to go to st Lucia, go to st Lucia. if you want to go to japan go to japan like don't be limited just because of what other people think of you like that's literally has nothing to do with you at all you know so representation definitely matters and it matters to us as well and it also matters to the outside world as to how they see us
2: mm. thank you thank you and as a travel content creator yes Why is it important for you to portray an authentic narrative And to represent all types of travellers, so this is going to everyone, but I'm going to put it to you first. Lydia. I
3: think for me, it's important to not even represent all types of travellers. It's yeah. to me to represent Black women yes. first of all. And in fact, I don't even go out of my way to try and represent Black women. I just, in being a Black yeah. woman, I'm automatically seen as a representation of other people. And one, I want others to, when they meet me, or when they, when they, when they meet me, whether I'm on a holiday or if they come across my content, just to understand that I am just a regular person just like all the other races like there is nothing that makes me different besides the melanin in my skin so again it's to emphasise the point that the world is open like if you have a visa you can go no Mm -hmm. so (laughs) take your visa and go do your COVID test and go Um, (laughs) and then yeah so for me narratives yeah it's important for me to be myself when I'm away and in being myself I know that I'm also representing people who look like me and when someone encounters us um when someone encounters me when I'm away they'll have a positive or yeah a positive affirmation of what a black person is or it will just re- shatter any any negative connotations they might have them be like oh she was lovely she was black she's a black woman too. <laughs> Maybe they're not also bad after all. It's like and if if, if that happens to one person yeah. that's fine that's good that's good enough for me that's change.
2: Um and it's movement forward so so the future of travel plot they outline the difference between sustainable tourism from purposeful travel and have found that even though the creative traveler wants to travel sustainably there are still multiple barriers that when they're trying to align themselves with this definition between the two definitions so to us purposeful travel considers the pillars of sustainable tourism but also the intersectionality of a traveler's identity and how this can create an unlevel playing field for many travelers so i'm going to go over to you sasha first what does purposeful travel look like so it's basically
4: being concerned about the environment yes your impact on that the social impact of you being there um how you're interacting with the culture interacting with the people. And in turn, how they're interacting with you. And then the second point is, you know, in terms of like the community and economically, economically as well. Like, are you helping out? Are you just going to go there just to be doing what you would do in London? Mm. So you know, obviously, when you're traveling, everyone wants to try the new McDonald's meal. That's great, but in the sense, what are you doing for that community? (laughs) How you you should be going to small businesses. Yeah. You should be going to cafes. You should be trying that local food and you know, getting out as much as you're putting in. Yeah. So that's where that intersectionality comes in as well. Because again, as we've sort of already discussed, everyone's experience is going to be different. And because you're a male or female or you're this person or that person, that also plays a factor in as well. And you should also take that into account when you're travelling. So in terms of the economy, you know, shopping locally and in local business chains. So again, that's my point about McDonald's. That's great. But, you know, you should be going out, And spending your money so you're also contributing to the economy on a local scale rather than Mm -hmm. a global scale. We want everyone to be benefiting from travel, not just you. It's that cultural exchange in that you can't just expect to go on holiday and just take, 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 take. You need to give back. And that's also, you know, are you staying in hotels or are you staying in hostels or are you staying in Airbnbs? Again, how is that impacting the economy and how is that affecting the community on a local scale as well? Are you causing a negative impact by travelling somewhere and just staying in Airbnbs? How is that maybe driving up rent so it's making it inhabitable for locals that, you know, gentrification is something that's also a really yeah. big problem? I don't want to go into it, but, you know, that's that as well. On terms of, like, a social level, you know, when you're going to get these experiences, are you using local guides? Or are you, again, just going with these big business chains? I won't... Named, <laughs> name <laughs> but you know putting your money where it should be are you getting that real local experience again it's about that cultural exchange you can't just be going and expecting to be living your life exactly how you would from the country you're from like when I'm from I'm from London I'm not expecting to go to Japan and be living like a Londoner that's not that's not going to happen and at the same time I'm hoping that the society there or the people there are also going to that into consideration and not treat me differently or in a negative way.
1: Trippin is a travel platform and community for creative travelers. Head over to www.trippin.world where you can find resources on how to travel sustainably and local guides from our community of creative travelers across 100 destinations worldwide.
2: Why do we need to approach sustainable travel through an intersectional lens?
0: Yeah, um, I think it's really important to, when we're thinking about purposeful travel, to look at all facets. It's easy to, like, look at one specific area of travel, but nothing is siloed and everything is intersectional. So whilst in one perspective, especially as a climate researcher, Mm. we're looking at how detrimental flights are to the environment, um, the impact that travellers have on local communities. And obviously we've seen in coronavirus, as people have been travelling yeah. less, how communities are you know, budding and like coming to life without there being so much pollution in just local communities at once. So that begs questions of how do we fly? How do we respect places when we go there? Are we causing more damage, more pollution, more litter than if we weren't there at all? But in the same vein, we also have to look at elitism within travel how accessible travel is. If we're looking to travel sustainably, how accessible is that to the everyday person? So if you're not someone who works for yourself or has sort of a kind of flexible timetable, you can't say, I'm going to take a train to Belgium instead of a flight. Because maybe that train is going to take twice, three times as long, and and you've only got a weekend to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas someone, and it, cost more money so i can say yeah, yeah i'm gonna just take a train I'm, I'm flight free which is a decision a lots of people are taking um but that's not the same luxury that everybody has but it's again a multifaceted conversation because we also always look at travel being somewhere outside of our own locality whereas in the uk or wherever it is that you're located there is plenty of travel to be done yeah um so i think that this is a conversation where we really need to be intentional about why we're traveling Are you just booking a £35 Ryanair flight to go somewhere that you're going to do the same things that you're doing in London and impact the environment negatively? What is the net gain in that interaction from your gain, the gain of the country that you're going to and for the environment? Or are you really thinking about where you want to travel, the interactions you want to have there and how you want to impact that area positively? So I think that when we're talking about sustainability, we do need to own up to ourselves, whatever our privilege is, and understand that whether you're rich or you're poor, if you take a flight, you're impacting the earth in a negative way. That's just facts. Yeah. But when we are talking and the rhetoric around travel, it needs to acknowledge the fact that people have different abilities of travelling and of... Um, accessing more sustainable options and that it needs systemic change you know if you have a four week a four day week work week that's going to change how people can access travel so it's about understanding what you can do to travel more sustainably and if you can't do a lot trying to campaign for change basically so that systematically we can have more of an equal playing field
2: I love the idea of a four-day work week and i just say (laughs) thank you but I do think that I know we're going to touch on mental health and travel later on but I think that would have a huge impact on mental health having a four-day work week and then allowing people to travel more and Mm -hmm. travel more with more intention as well but we'll move on to that later on. Sasha just over to you on that one.
4: You know inherently intersectionality is gonna sort of change the way that you experience travel so With that, you need to just think that everyone's different and everyone's purpose is going to be different too. There needs to be balance because, of course, everyone would love to travel cheaply or, you know, do Mm. a flight because it's going to be 40 minutes where taking a train is going to be three hours. Mm. Fine, if that's the case, but then you should think, okay, what can you do on the other sides? How can you affect those other pillars? Again, that goes back to, you know, giving money to local communities, Mm. making sure there's that cultural exchange. Everything should be positive. We can't just be you know, stringent and just tell ourselves we're going to travel and it's going to be cheap and we're going to be on a bus and it's going to be better. That can be unrealistic to some people, thinking about access, as Justin has mentioned, and again, money. So I think you need to figure out what purposeful travel is to you. How can you make that sustainable? And then just keeping in mind that everything affects one another and
2: do what you can really, just keep it in mind. Thank you. We've mentioned that there are barriers to purposeful travel. We've just mentioned that. But how can we overcome them? They're there, but we do need to overcome them. And what can be done? I think it's about reimagining what travel looks like. Yeah, Travel might not be booking a
0: last-minute flight. If you don't have the money, travel might not look like to you booking a last-minute flight. Travel might look to you sorting out whatever your situation is at work and booking, instead of five different holidays in a year, you're booking three weeks off. So for example, I did three weeks in Europe, just trains four years ago, and got to see like 44 different cities. That doesn't limit the experience that you can have, because I had a sick experience, but it just means that I'm traveling for a much longer time in one one trip, and that will really cut down your emissions. And I think that, yes, we can say that like, some ways of traveling are less accessible than others, but you still have a commitment to the world. We're all brought into this world, and we mm-hmm. should leave it better than mm-hmm. it was when we came here. So I don't think we can excuse inaction or non-flexibility just because of access. Because all my travel has been done budget. Every like I, you know, come from a low-income background. So all the travel I've done has been really, really on a budget, and it's just about balancing. Okay, do I want to stay in a luxurious hotel and take pics for the gram, or actually? Am I going to change the way that I think about travel mm-hmm. in order to mean that I have a sick experience, but I'm also no one is suffering at the expense of my mm-hmm. experience. So I think that that is for each person to reimagine what travel looks like for them mm-hmm. and how that aligns with their values and how that aligns with being a human mm-hmm. who respects other humans and respects the world that they're living on. Thank you. Sasha, what's your
4: take on I mean, I'm definitely guilty of, you know, last minute flights. Yeah, I <laughs> like, can't take too much like holidays and things like that. But I think, it's, as Jocelyn has said, it's important to have an understanding of what purposeful travel is to you. Mm-hmm. And then from there, doing your research, figuring out what's maybe the cheapest flight, what's more accessible for you, speaking to people. How did you go there? What did you do? Who did you speak to? And then sort of building from there what your travel is going to look like. And I think, again, research can take a long time. There are obviously comparison websites that you can use and, you know, it's very easy to just be like, I'm just going to get an all in one package. Mm -hmm. So I think just stick with it, be patient and give yourself that time to do the correct research to know exactly where you can be more sustainable in one area or be more purposeful in one area and sort of building those activities into your trip.
0: Can I just plug something really quickly? Of course, of it's, course. I, 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 Go this, on. This site is free. Go on. This site is free. I'm not going to say <laughs> anything. But there's this site called Seat61. Basically has journeys, pictures of the train, pictures of the boat, literally like the most detailed journeys from any place in the world to any other place in the world, either on train or boat. So this guy has like literally gone on every single train okay. or every single boat and shows you exactly the journey that you could take from one place to another, from the UK to... I don't know, to Africa, how you can get there with the least planes. Good website if, you know, you got stuck from somewhere to start
2: just for people to check out. Thank Um, you. Thank you for sharing that. That's appreciated. (laughs) Thank you. So, right, guys, what are your top recommendation of trips that you've been on which align with your definition of purposeful travel? Anyone who watches
3: my channel knows what I'm going to say next. It has to be Jamaica. (laughs) I'm in love with Jamaica. I went to Jamaica once, what in fact, no, I went twice. <laughs> I went to Jamaica once in March last in 2019, and I just Fell in love with the place. Um, much like you as well, we got introduced to, like, a local guy mm. who was our taxi driver the whole time. He took us to all the local spots. We made sure that we went to, like, we didn't book anything. We literally, I just showed up in Jamaica with no plan. Huh? No, Literally, <laughs> literally no plan. I just showed up at the airport and I was like, yeah, well, I'm here. And then all the rest of it was just local, local taxis, local restaurants, restaurants. Um, the food was even better because obviously you're not eating at a hotel. I yeah. always say I never eat at hotels when I go somewhere. And in fact, I feel annoyed when I go to somewhere, when I, when I go to a country and the only food available is the hotel food because <laughs> it's like, it's not the authentic, it's not, it's not the flavour. It hasn't got the chilli. Yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> The spice level's down. It hasn't got the spice levels yeah. right. So, um... Yeah, I feel like Jamaica was a wonderful experience because of the food, the music. The music was authentic in the fact that we went to local clubs. Um, The food was authentic because we ate out every single day, and we ate out in local mums and pahs kind of restaurants. And again, having a local guide who drove us absolutely everywhere, even to different cities, it's like, it's just giving back to the community in a way that I didn't even know, to be honest. I I, I can't even sit here and say, oh, that was intentional, me giving back, (laughs) like, it just happened yeah. to be what we did, but now in hindsight, looking back, and especially when I compare my other trips, for example, like my yeah. Sweden trip, where it's literally everything I just said that I didn't do. that yeah. I, Everything that we didn't do in Jamaica is what I did in Sweden. In the okay. sense that I ate in the hotel the whole time, I did everything booked by the tour guides, and it's like, it's a great experience, don't get me wrong. But it's but. not that authentic, real-life, local experience mm. that you'd get. And again, much the same, I'd say Vietnam as well, which is ironic. I went to Vietnam, that, and that's the one place where I've had overt racism. Like, people coming to and rubbing my skin and, like, wow. like, oh, my God, does it wash off? I'm like, no. Nope. No, it's me. Like, <laughs> It like, doesn't yeah. wash off. But ironically, that was also fantastic because we did a lot of local eating.
2: and. Yeah. I guess maybe it's just I love food. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <It's> locality, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, the locality be, just yeah.
3: always just puts the Bell. trip off a, a, a notch, an extra notch than um than if you were to do
0: it in a, any other way.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. And yourself choice, Lynn?
0: Yeah, I guess I got two examples kind of purposeful, one in terms of like the intention and mental health side and one yeah. in terms of the like sustainability and local side. So me and my best friend did a trip. The one i said before yep. around europe we didn't book any accommodation and we just did trains mm-hmm. so some days we were sleeping on the streets like it wow. was at the time of the refugee. what do you mean girl do you mean? It, was just, it was at the time of the refugee crisis back <laughs> and we were like in marseille like oh literally. my gosh like just being in wherever we were like properly um Sorry, and can i ask did you want to sleep on the street not necessarily a lot of our trains were overnight trains so okay. we booked it specifically that we wouldn't need accommodation because we'd always be on a train at okay. night between each stop. But when sure. we, like, missed a train or something, then...
3: Of course. We'd wow. be, you know...
0: But, like, one day, like, uh, in Italy, in the border of Italy and Switzerland, we got picked up by, like, these people who own, like, a refugee hostel and they took us in and they, like, gave us food. And oh, okay. that was, like, you... The amount I just really got to connect with people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, saying other holidays, I haven't been able to as much. We literally met real people from every single city that we went to. And -hmm. that's probably been one of the best trips I've done. And then the other one was I did a solo trip last January to Iceland. Yeah. And that was, like, really really planned, intentional, really cheap. But I made sure to see everything from an Icelandic person's view rather than maybe doing just the, like, Main main things, and yeah. again, going on my own was a different section of intentionality because I actually got to like put myself out there and meet and talk to people. Yeah. Whereas, like, say, if I went with other people, well, I'd be you with have had my that crew. Opportunity. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you so much, that guys. These are some great recommendations. So I hope that anyone who wants to travel more intention, you can take from what you've all said, and as well, maybe not even so much the places, but what you've actually done mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: This conversation was a deep dive into some of the themes within the Future of Travel Report, a comprehensive research report into the future of the travel industry through an intersectional lens. If you'd like to learn more about this, head over to our website, www.trippin.world, where you can download and read the report. Stay tuned for part two, which drops next week, where we break down how we can navigate our future trips in a more purposeful way, the positive impact on our mental health when we travel with purpose, and what change we want to see for the future in travel. Also, some top tips on how to travel sustainably.